Okay, episode number one, already number one, top ten overall, all, all categories. So you're supposed to get that out of the way immediately with the. Tell me what that means, because you sent me a, a screen grab and it said fake number one. And I'm like, yes, look at us already. What? So, so how, do, how, do you, game, how do you cook the books? Right? How do you cook the books? This is the game. All right. For for everyone that doesn't understand the industry, this is why you got to be a little careful with this stuff. But there are certain podcasts that are always in the top. It's really like two. And what happens with anyone that's new that has a decent platform like ESPN, which is more than decent, but anybody that's new on the scene... You should go like top five, if not higher. Or else you suck. Right. So we, without a show, went to number one just because people were subscribing it for it. So there's the way the iTunes charts are, there's this spike. If there's some spike in activity. So if we're doing these once a month, they're going to go number one episode every time we do it. If we're doing it five days a week, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'd have the same spike. We do really well. Like the Rosillo pods that I do, they go top ten, sometimes five Mm -hmm. in episode rankings. But we are creeping up. Like, we should be close to number one overall, but it probably doesn't mean we have more listeners week one than Joe Rogan. Understood. That's my point. But if if people, I heard... People love paying the chest for number one. So you just sort of have to do it. Right. And so I will. But if <laughs> if I understand correctly, five a week, probably not number one. Maybe monthly, maybe we're number one. So let's just every month just be like, what up? Number one again, <laughs> and then just drift back off into the ether, let everybody else have their fun, and then we'll do another cannonball in to start of next month. Boom, free agency, what up? And then then I'll bounce again. I mean, it's just simple. <laughs> Let's just cook the books. How yeah. simple is this? There's a real, I would say, I don't know if angst is the right word, but mm-hmm. is everybody's trying to sift through what podcasts really are and who's doing what and which famous people want one, and then they're like, just like your old rule. Like the famous person signs up and they're like, I got to do a third one of these. Yeah, I kind of was into the first one because right. c- I had a lot to say. Then I realized the second time I kind of already did a lot of this stuff the first time. Then by the third time, I am right. out of ammo. Yeah, episode one, I had the new girl writer on. And then episode two, my mom was on. And Yeah, episode three, three. called my buddy from third grade. Can I still keep the money, though? Yeah. So there's also a <laughs> Oh, there's thing. money for this? Right. I didn't. There was nothing extra in the check. This is just sort of a. This is sort of a benevolent, good, out of the goodness of our heart thing right now. This is pretty funny that we're doing it. And I agree. I always roll back in here, I would say the last year and a half, mm-hmm. going, will this be the last time you're ever here? And then I started pulling in. I go, there's a, and then I go, wait a minute, I'll probably be back for the draft. So I'm not going to get emotional. Good. Cause that's my, that's my forte. You're, you're definitely more stoic, but let's just, let's just be honest about where we are here. Cause who knows, sure, right? Right. I, I'm going to enjoy this. For as long as it goes, because I'm doing this because I want to do it, because I miss the opportunity to be face-to-face and talk about stuff. Yeah, and but I, I miss mean, Connecticut. Ah, do you? You you know what? You're back on one of the eight good days a year we get. And when they're it's beautiful good, today. Man, and when Connecticut's good, it's good. But yeah. let's be honest. you got to slog through a whole lot of crap to get to the good. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm very I, happy in California. you got a nice flat brim on there. Is that mandated? Yeah. These hats, all the dudes have to wear them like this now. Yeah. This and is notice, a flat one for me. And you were carrying it, and and now it's back on your head. Well, I just felt more relaxed. I didn't want to put in the I didn't want to put in the picture because I haven't got any kind of sponsorship deal from these guys. I, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm not even going to give them a plug because don't, until don't. you until I you know them. You know who I'm going to give a plug to because I'm super relaxed because I am wheels up. But private aviation, you ought to get get your mind right with that. No, I no, a, I got a zip up and a hat. Yeah, that's yeah. We'll talk about we'll talk we'll talk about a, a card and then where we go from there. I'm super relaxed because I am. CBD buzzing. Yeah, what's going on with you? You uh, 
Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. All right. This so, isn't an ad, right? This is no, a live read right this now? This is not a live read. We do not have a CBD sponsor as of yet. But our buddy Chris Long was on somewhere. Where that he blew talk- my mind. I what had no idea that he smoked pot. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stunner, huh? Um, Not to me. No. He mentioned that he smoked weed. And so me and Steve on the show did headline storyline because we figured we that was our thing, so we could sort of do it on the show. Yeah, right? that was your thing. That was, and was a good segment. My point there is it's not a headline that a dude in the NFL smoked weed to sort of medicate, take the edge off, whatever. It's legal plenty of places, blah, blah, blah. But it turns into a made-up storyline. So that night I said, hey, I'm pro whatever. You ever seen a high guy sucker punch somebody? No. If you want to get high, get high. By the way, CBD, get I've at I've seen me. movies where guys smoke pot and do drive-bys. Uh, but it's only been in a movie. I've understood. never been part of a drive-by where anybody was high. Any drunk drive-bys? That'd be tougher driving, right? Yeah, I've neither. Don't get high or drunk or shoot anyone. But I am pro CBD because here's why. Was that the Masters? Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are chewing gum like maniacs, and I'm like gummies, huh? Yeah. What's no, 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 actual gum? And I'm like, what is this? They're like, oh, that's that CBD gum. I'm like, what's CBD gum? I couldn't get the letters right for the first little bit. Like, oh, it's just, it's a You're hemp, it now. it's a hemp extract or something. And it, what does it do? Well, it makes you more relaxed. It uh, makes your pains go away. And I'm like, I'd like to be relaxed and not hurt. Right. So on the air, I just said, as I'm want to do, send me some of that. Give me, get at me with the CBD. Well, naturally what happens week later, that was a segment stuff. People send me. We did that for like a one. I did that once. Right. Yeah. That was a good segment, though. Yeah, but kind of like the podcast. Like, we did all the stuff people sent me week one. and then Yeah, re- week week two. Yeah, yeah you know what you realize? Right. I don't get a bulk of stuff weekly. No, that you was, just hadn't cleaned out your office in a year. I haven't been back since you and I stopped doing a show. There, 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 Who knows? There could be somebody growing hemp in my office for all I know. You haven't been there? In, it's been three years, Well, right? no, there's a battery on the key, and it doesn't work. I went by there just to see, like, hey, what's, <laughs> what's happening in the old neighborhood? Couldn't get in. Anywho, somebody sends me the CBD. Some folks out in Denver, where you just were, not high, really. Now you know me. I, don't, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's not right. your thing. But my thing, CBD. So I am going to give a pop. These are the people that sent it to me. CB Distillery. That was the name of the people that sent it. And here's what I do: I open it up, and I'm like, oh, they got gummies. There's some oil, this and that. I pop. Do you it. feel better? I don't know. <laughs> I took a top <laughs> off the gummy and I ate it, and I had a show. And then I looked around at the room. I'm like, you know what? I don't know who these people are. I don't know what this is. For all I know, this is like this is straight from the lab ecstasy, and I'm going to be out Tar there. Tar heroin. I'm going to be out there hugging Steve, being like, "Man, I I love you, man." Like, yeah. really? Did somebody we, get some Cheez-Its out here? Yeah. What you mean to me? Like, I can't even tell you what you mean to me, man. Hey, how about the Padres? Like, so I. But that didn't happen. I didn't hug Steve. I didn't get. It was real. Is that what would have happened though? That I don't doesn't know. sound like weed. I think you would have just been like, "No, I thought, hey, can we it, just go B roll on that next segment?" I was and, saying if it was ecstasy again, just right. imagining, imagining oh, what would okay. happen right. if I dropped. Just want to use the lingo. But that didn't happen. And then <laughs> this, see, this and is then, surprising. The first seven minutes of this podcast are going in a direction I didn't think they'd go. But I I'm, just want I'm, people. I'm here, I just want. I'm here for it. I just want to be. I just want to be transparent because that's the key word of the moment, which means I'm going to be honest and I, and I want extra credit by saying transparent. Right now, I have a CBD gummy in my belly. So I took it because I just want to see and I have no idea. Do I feel better? I don't know. Just, What's your workout regimen right now? Are you still jogging a lot? 
I, I hate you know I don't jog. I hate jogging. I'll well, do, you used to smash the treadmill though. You had some phases bike, there. Bike, bike. I was heavy bike and core planks and things of that nature. That's really all it's about. Heavy plank, heavy planking, planking push ups. There's you know there's a number of different things. I'm not a dumb. I, weights are more your thing. But I'm just figuring, you get older, that's all this is. Phil and Tiger, you get on the wrong side of 40 or older, and then you just start eating CBD gummies because you think, hey, maybe I won't, stuff won't hurt when I wake up in the middle of the night to go pee. So that's where my, that's where my life is right now. Gummies from strangers. You're, <laughs> <laughs> think about how stupid that is. That's a great name for a podcast though. Go, uh, done. Uh, yeah. I think, I think our, I like our name right now. SVP but, and Marcillo. I don't have to reset. Here's what I don't understand though about any of this stuff. What? And I'm, I'm not like I couldn't imagine why you would be super anti something that was that felt like it was helping people. My question is, is this really helping people or is this like the fighting pitching bands where every pitcher had this Japanese infused ion necklace that you wore and then guys are with the cask and flag and wearing them and you're like, okay, well, why if they were all awesome, how come no one's wearing them anymore? I mean, Josh Beckett at one point had a thing that looked like it was I fall and I can't get up beeper off of the front of his chest <laughs> right. while he pitched on pitching right. days. And then you're like, so what's up with the wristband? The wristband were like, well, I was at the mall and the guy told me my balance was off. And then exactly. he put the wristband on and I wear this. Man. I wore that one for a year. So if me any too. of that stuff worked, yeah, I'm too. not I guess I'm putting it all in the same category. I'm just I'm just not sure. If somebody can tell me, hey, I feel better, ligaments are better, never been everything's good, exercise is better, I'm all for it. That's great. I'm just I just never know. Same thing with the dude with the golf guy with that bracelet, the golf bracelet guy that everything Copper. is boom. Everything's good with that. I think it feels like the new kale, but like everything's everyone's pro the benefits of weed. And so um yeah, so I, I took a little I, I took a gummy. Um <laughs> I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I don't think no you're idea. taking the gummies that because I went out on a date a long time ago with a girl that took a gummy, Ooh. and she was practically drooling on herself at the dinner table. Well, you're you are attractive, and, yeah, and and well fit. So there you go. It could, it's a natural. It really re- had nothing to do with me. It's a natural reaction, and it was a bad deal because some other people came along mm. and they were like, "What is going on?" And I go, "I don't know." I go, "She's actually been really like adaptable. You know, has gotten along with different people." And then she took a gummy. Yeah, and then I was like, what is wrong with this girl? Like, is she shy or whatever? And then when she started coming around, she's like, hey, I have to admit, like, I took twice as much as I should have. Wow. So uh, you're home for drug talk right here on the SVP and Rosillo podcast. <laughs> Boom. Um, so since we last convened, and I mean, like, we I've been on your podcast and and we've talked. You've come on the show. People love when that happens. And we've been, we've talked about this often, that it's still amazes me that that you and I have this connection to the audience that people remember it as fondly as they do. And that's that's humbling and that's great and that and that's means a lot. And that's largely why we're doing this again is because one, I just want a reason why I can have to talk to you again. Um but because people have shown that they're interested in it. But if you if you were to say the ways in which what we do has changed the most since the time you, you and I were doing three hours a day, Monday through Friday. What do you feel like industry-wide is the biggest change? Because I think – you go first. What do you think it is? The first thing I think of are the landmines. Like just trying to do a segment where you go, hey, this is kind of how I feel about this thing. And it's like, am I going to resonate because of being honest or I'm going to be all over Twitter because I said something that somebody didn't like? And that's – you know, if you're an opinion person, mm-hmm. if we're opinion people – 
And there are going to be opinions that you don't agree with. Like if Max Kellerman comes on first take and says last second shot Iguodala instead of Steph Curry, and I'm laughing hysterically at the airport, like that's okay. Like that's just something I disagree with from a sports standpoint. But there's so much, there's so much of this, you know, I feel like you were gone from the radio show before it turned political and turned into social commentary all the time. And I have a bigger podcast on this in my head that I've been kicking around writing out the notes. You going to say that one for Simmons? <laughs> you know what's great is Simmons will be saying the same joke, same joke this week. Like, you're gonna but say, I got it. I got my joke off first. You, you got yours in Excellent. there first ahead of time. He's dropped a few. Are you going to do that on your ESPN pod? Yeah. Um, but hey, thanks. Well, he, he invented gambling talk, so it's just awesome thanks. that I, I get to get this joke in. Took ten minutes, twelve minutes, <laughs> twelve minutes. He yeah. look, you just for, for the record, right? Rasilla just looked at his watch. Go I, ahead. I did. Uh when we were doing the show, like the. <sighs> You every now and then you do something on some social commentary and, and it stood out because it was so infrequent. Right. That's so you'd true. almost look forward to it in a weird way where you go, hey, you know, it's been maybe five or six months and here's this issue that's not related to the day to day, not related to a score or some transaction. This is a bigger societal issue. Maybe it delves into politics. Maybe it's race. Maybe it's gender. It's something. But you didn't do them that often. But when you got the chance to, people either give you the pat on the back or you resonated. That's the thing is you resonated either way. They'd stop to lean in to listen because they're like, whoa, 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 this isn't some, this isn't right. Van Pelt and Rosillo on SEC, whatever. This is something that matters to a much, on a much larger scale. Arguably the SEC conversations matter as much as anything political today, but that's, that's also another, true. another debate. Fair. You know, Cowherd was always really good at, you know, hey, here's here's a thing with some social comedy. Um, well, I should actually just say social commentary, not comedy. Uh and then that would pick up. You know what I mean? It like, sure. like a, back in the day, we're like it was like, oh, hey, I'm on Deadspin or I'm on the big lead, and it's it's because of something I said, and it's and it's carrying through. And I think what happened was you started to have a lot of voices that preferred to talk about politics and social commentary more than sports. And the first time you do it, and you go on Sports Center and you talk about a race issue, it's like, man, how eloquent, how well said. This is perfect, beautifully done. Man, what that person just said on TV was really, really important. So I think that person ends up becoming convinced, well, I'm just going to do this all the time. And so that's the biggest difference between what the job is now and what the job is three years ago. Like I remember, and yeah, this pissed me off, but a TV show here years ago asked me, hey, what's your thought on this issue? And I go, "What? this feels like I'm coming on to be white guy right now. Like, what is this? And then it was, well, tell us what you would think if this were the topic. And I kind of did the topic, and then I realized, I was like, what are you guys, pre-screening my take? Like, I've been here long enough that I don't need a, you know, this isn't this isn't me with a pet dog in the E-block, a letterman, going, okay, and Dave's going to come out, and he's going to say hello. Jump through the hoop. Right, right. <laughs> and, then, and then exit on the other side, Barry's going to get you. <laughs> and so, yeah, I got a little little up in, you know, my my feelings on it, but that's... I think that's the simplest. I have a much more complicated way of doing that segment, okay. but it's the simplest way of talking about how different the job is. I think it's I think it's amazing how just the landscape's different, you know? And and you and I have both been guests on with Big Cat and PFT and and it's funny I'll tell them this. You go out in the world and somebody'll say, "Oh, hey man, I love you. I love you on part of my take." And I'm like, "Hey, that's great." Midnight Eastern, ESPN, we got a TV show if you want to check it out too. Like we've been there 20 years, you know? And I get what, I mean, wherever people find you, great. It's just interesting, uh, how much the, the landscape's changed about where people will find you and, and 
that you don't have to be in a certain place to be found, particularly in this format right here, because the world's changed also about where they want to get what they want to get and when they want to get what they want to get. You know what I mean? Like the idea of, and we've talked about this, maybe this is boring because I don't want to belabor any points that don't matter. But I mean, in the Dan and Keith days of Sports Center, obviously you had to be there to know who won the game. Like you watch, you watch us, you don't have to, we're not in the reveal, the, the, the story you don't know anymore as much as we're there to kind of try to entertain around stuff you probably already know. So trying to figure that out on that side over the past five years, I mean, that's the reason my show exists. Like, hey, we want to give you a kind of a different crack at Sports Center where you can take elements of what you and I used to do every day in this space and then take it there. And the idea that even that, that's a total 180. Not not slightly different. That is a total 180 from when I got here. When it was, hey, hey, don't tell people where you're from. No one cares. I'm like, no, actually, they do. That 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 helps you connect to an audience in a much different way. And ultimately, what this right here is 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 a vehicle for you and I to connect to an audience that still exists years later. And I'm just glad it exists the way it does because you don't have to go. You don't have to go to the mall anymore. And that's essentially what this has become for media. Yeah, the, the star making things always been different, and you know it better than anybody. Where there was a stretch where it was, the guys on Sports Centers were the guys that were the main anchors for Sports Center, were rock, rock stars. stars. Rock That's stars. exactly what they were, and it worked. And then it was like, wait a minute, we don't want everybody to be rock no. stars. And then it just felt like a management cycle thing of like, hey, let's make more people stars. Hey, stop! It's more about the news. It's more about the live rights. And you just go like, well, here's here's what I know is that whether or not. You're consuming this. I don't mean this for you or I. You're listening to this podcast. You're watching ESPN all the time. Whether you think some people are stars that shouldn't be or vice versa and all those things, it still matters. It still matters. So the hybrid opinion thing that you've been able to do with the traditional news stuff that was basically mandatory when you had that job 20 years ago, like you're who you are because people actually care what you have to say. And I don't know... Any other way of explaining this business and navigating through all the changes and all the different versions of it and the lack of attention, and I don't want to sit here and talk about, oh, and this is why baseball isn't as good nationally versus regionally because we've done that segment a million times. But for this job, it's still you have to find a way to be somebody that people care what they have to say about things. Hardest thing in the world to do is connect now. And and luckily, luckily you and I were able to do that in a way that was really sticky and and has translated to you doing projects here to translating to what you're doing with Bill but part of what led to you and me not doing this together on a daily basis some of it was me some of it was what was going on here but a lot of it was you and a lot of it was something you wanted to do which you and I've talked about it in around the kind of we had the screen door conversation right <laughs> yeah but we've never really had the all right here come and sit down on sit down on Rise couch here and and explain to me what the process is when you wake up, whatever time you wake up out by the beach in California and sit down to open up the laptop and start writing. What is, what is that? Well, I like it. Okay. So that's, that was the first thing because, you know, when I, you know, joking about all the different times I thought the time walking, I've had like five or six different times on ESPN's campus where I go, this is probably it. This is it. And then it hasn't happened. And so once they were going to move the radio show and I've been over this part of it where I don't want to do you know, I, I'm not, I'm going to stop myself before I go too deep because I've already told it all before. So it doesn't, but it's just to recap it quick. Like the day I go, Hey, I don't want to do the radio show in a different slot. I'm going to say no to the different contract. There's no hard feelings. Obviously there's no hard feelings. About You're still it here. I'm right. still here. And I get resigned. Right. So, uh, everything's cool in regard to that, but that's when it was real. Like that was when it was real and you go, you're not going to be going there anymore. Okay. And then it was sort of like a couple weeks later, you go, all right, maybe I'll do this podcast because 
That's the way the contract works. I don't go dark the whole time, so boom. But then it, <laughs> then you go and you open up your laptop and you buy Final Draft. You're like, oh, I got to get the newest version of it. And what Final, is that? Final Draft's I, I, the program. It's the standard. It's the industry standard of writing scripts. Like okay. if you, I would. I think in 2002, I sent my buddy a spec script and I wrote it on Word, <laughs> and he opened it and he just called me. He goes, I'm not going to read this. I go, what? He goes, if you sent this to anybody that wasn't your friend, like you, he says, I'm laughing at you. He goes, buy final draft. It's, it's the way it's done. So final draft, they, it formats the whole thing for you. So all the dialogues in the middle and then you can PDF it. So somebody doesn't need final draft to open it up. So anyway, Scott's eye rolling right now at this industry talk, which I understand. It's just I'm not, it's under- not much industry talk. Trust me. And okay. Well, I don't know right. what it is. Well, yeah. I, but again, I'm out of my mind on CBD right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> that first that first week where you go, all right, now I'm not I'm not going in to work. This is the first time in in ten years really in that slot. Did you wake up and miss it? Because you're a grinder. You're a watch the game, take the notes, have formulate the takes. Like we're gonna get to some finals talk in a minute, but even now you're like, what's the take? What's the topic? What's the angle here? So like what having done that for so long and being so good at it, I would say the best at it, did you wake up and be like, Oh I, I now what? Um, no, I didn't. And that's why I knew I'd made the right decision because it, this is, this is another answer about all the other stuff that are, but it just, it wasn't going where I needed it to go to put in that kind of time. So I was having more moments where I was resenting all the time that I was putting in and going, why am I going in reverse here? You know what I'm saying? But can you channel, so you, are you able to channel that into what you're doing? Well, here's, here's what I wanted. I don't know why I told everybody I was trying to get into writing. But I was afraid if I wasn't telling everybody what I was going to do, then nobody knew. They'd be like, what? Wait a minute. He just left? Yeah, sure like, he did. Right. No one's ever going to believe you. Be like, well, what's, what's his story? You know? Right. And I was just like, look, this is something I've had a lot of interest in. I tried it four or five years ago, and it failed miserably. But I really had anything to do with it. I had an idea. I wrote a bad script. And then everybody took it, and then just sort of went along with it. And I really felt like at the time, the agency that I had, they were letting me pretend I was TV producer. And once I w- was watching the pitches and we were bombing in these pitches and I wasn't even talking. I mean, can you imagine me sitting through a 45 minute pitch that's totally bombing, reading the room because I can read a room and the pitching guy can't, the guy, the pitching guy, the guy who's actually pitching can't read the room and you have to go like 0 for 14 on those. I was dying on the inside. Of all the people that I've <laughs> ever met in my life to imagine sitting in that room, the rage inside of you. Had to be I, the the fact that you didn't have a stroke holding it in is the most amazing part. Well, one network, uh, this this woman, she she kind of reprimanded us more than she said no. She said she didn't like the story and that we did a really big, bad job and that we made these people victims and it went on and on and on. And then finally, I was just like, hey, it's it's a no, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you I'm you like, said that, I, didn't yeah. You? I go, I we can get out of here. I get it. Like, Got it. It's a no. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. See you later. And then, you know, of course, one of the agents is like, hey, don't don't ever do that. I go, you know what? We shouldn't be in there pitching this show. We shouldn't be in there pitching the show. So that was the the inspiration of like, if I'm going to do this and if I'm going to fail, I'm going to do it on my own. So right. you've got that first moment there where the laptop is open <laughs> and you're like, long road. <laughs> and you get up and you go, I, wait a minute. I really thought I was going to be able to do this. Uh-huh. And you also know about me. The thing I hate the most is people that are totally BS. Like it, there's a, there's a level of BS in all this stuff that you can navigate. But you know, I never want to be like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to do all these things. And we're like, no, no, sit down 
and figure out if you can actually do this. And so first script I wrote, 10 different versions of it. One guy who I, I feel bad for Michael Brandt, the creator of Chicago Fire, that he'd be become friends and he has to read all of my stuff. And the first thing, he was gentle, but was like, this isn't very good. And I go, okay, all right, all right. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And he's like, gave me all these notes and everything. And then I go, all right, well, I'm going to try something completely different. Wrote this spec. Um, and I sent it to him. I sent it to a couple other people because I just want to see what else everybody had said. And everybody came back. I'm like, I can't believe you wrote this. That's your second try in a few months. It was this good. So it energized me. So in that time, the last year, I've written like five things. And the feedback has been the thing that keeps me going, even though I know how hard it is, the timeline of it, knowing that, you know, there are days it's like, dude, you just tried to do something really hard and you did it. You were bartending, telling people you wanted your own sports show. Did that. And you did it. And then that wasn't good enough. And so now you're going to try something else that's arguably just as hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here we are. We're on one of the scripts. I, I actually, we option fall river dreams. So I wasn't going to do sports, and then producers had read a different script that was non-sports related, had read it, and said, do you want to partner up with us on Fall River Dreams? What's that mean? Forgive my ignorance. When something is option, like, so that, how close does that you mean have you have like are- a year, two years, you you spend some money, you have the rights to take it out. So then I, I reread the book, which is about our friend Chris, Chris Aaron, Aaron yeah. Fall River, threw a few basketball, and it's never been done. It's been optioned a million different times, and these guys are like, do you want to just be a name attached to this because you're a sports guy? And I was living with Carissa up in Malibu. I didn't do anything. My friends are like, are you tearing it up out there? And I go, no, I don't do anything. I go, I, I have to watch games at 4 o'clock because they're on so early, and I go to the Equinox, and then I, I wake up in the morning, and I obviously, write. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Right. And some days you sit there, and you go, this sucks, and then there's other days. Like, I've had hotel sessions where I'll just sit in a hotel room, and I'll write, and I, it'll be towards the end of finishing a pilot where I go, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly how to tie it together. I know exactly how this is going to end. It's perfect. And it'll be seven hours. And it, like, I haven't sold anything yet. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But the feeling of just when I get something done and then I send it to people that have done it mm-hmm. and the response has been so incredibly positive in this first year, it just makes me feel like I know I'm doing the right thing. We'll do more on that in a second. But first, this Father's Day. Tommy John is reminding you that their quick-draw fly saves guys 217 minutes, give or take, of unnecessary fumbling per year. So instead of fly fishing in the bathroom, Dad can spend more time out on the water. Whether it's your father, your brother, your husband, give the gift of life-changing comfort this Father's Day with Tommy John. And guys that aren't dads still use the bathroom. So I was pumped. Tommy John sent me some lightweight, breathable underwear in limited edition outdoorsy prints and colors. They're all perfect for everything from fishing trips to weekend getaways. Plus, for guys more likely to recline than cast a line. I know. Yeah. They've created exclusive Father's Day gift sets featuring loungewear, apparel, and additional underwear styles so comfortable he won't believe it. It's been a while since I've done reads, but I feel like I'm, I'm getting the flow of this. Um, <laughs> the underwear legs, they never ride up. The waistband never rolls down. You never get a wedgie. Who wants that? Feels That's, like you have them on right now. Yeah, I do. It's fantastic. No wedgie. Guaranteed. But did you know they're also, you're also covered for every, but did you know you're also covered for everything else? All Tommy John's backed by their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. If he doesn't love them or if you don't love them, you'll get a full refund. So make sure you grab your gifts early. The limited edition collections are sure to sell out. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Go to TommyJohn.com slash SVP for 20% off your first order. Plus, find out how you can get free expedited shipping and guaranteed Father's Day delivery on orders placed by June 12th. That's TommyJohn.com slash SVP for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash SVP. I think it's, I, I admire 
anyone recognizing, especially given the fact that you did have this bartending pipe dream that you'd get to do this and then you got to do this, right? Yeah. And then having already done, it's almost like, all right, I, I hit the Powerball that one time, but you know what I'm going to do? Get these scratch up. To, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna try to hit that one too. And it sounds like that the that the feedback that you've gotten and the fact that something gets optioned is positive enough that the next time, then put it this way, the next time that it's a pitch, assuming that happens, and again, I, you got to. Well, I already I, pitched right, so I already pitched Fall River. So, I and you, but into, you did it. right? I did it, and I can't get too into it. And it's okay. just every week is like a different Hollywood lesson to me, where I'll leave a room being like, "What happened there?" Like I had a pitch once where I thought the guy was going to write me a check at the end of it. And then, <laughs> then your agent calls you three days later and goes, "Oh yeah, they hated it." Oh, but he was just couldn't have been nicer. Could have been nicer. Hey, can I get you? Can I get you some Fiji water? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That whole bit, charcoal activated lemonade. Um, so it's, <laughs> how do you deal with that part? Because you're so not that. All of that infused this and that mango, blah blah blah, <laughs> and fake nice people. Like you, that's you go on a lot of lunch things, and you know you try to. Are they just there because they want to ask you, hey, where's KD going to go? That's happened. Like, there was one guy that was interviewing me. It was uh, an agent came up and said, we think we have a role for you on a show, like on a show staff. Because I told him, I go, look, if you guys think there's a good fit for me on a good show on a show staff, I would do that. And they're like, what? Like, you would take the entry-level writing job? I go, if I want to do this, I want to do it. I go, I have the time to still do podcast and do this, you know, 22 weeks or bang it out. And they're like, oh, we don't know. We don't know if you're going to like that. You're better off just kind of coming up with your own thing and calling the shots. I'm like, yeah, I, I understand that part of it. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, something that we're close on, it's it's strictly, it's, again, I got to be careful how much I Game show? This, but yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, how do you feel about Jeopardy 2? So it's a game show. No, no. I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I, I know. Right, right. They're like, <laughs> What do you mean Jeopardy 2? Like twice as many questions. Get Wink Martindale. Get his people. Yeah. Who's the, who's, who's the next guy? Is he guy? available? Uh, Wink Martindale light. You, know, you you come up with a show idea. You're like, hey, this is what I want to do. And then it's shaved off in a bunch of different pieces. And then basically he's like, hey, this really famous actor or famous producer really wants to do this with you. So we're going to have to change it to it the way they want to do it. And guess what? If you do do that and it works, then everybody's going to want to buy all the other stuff because now you're an established guy. So like that's... I've that's gone hard. into it. It's got to be hard, though, isn't it? No, but see, I feel like I'm I'm slash naive and eyes wide open with it too. Okay, but yes, like there's a time where a guy took me out to lunch to ask me where Katie was going. Had no interest in any of my writing. I had another thing where the guy was interviewing me as if he, I was going to be on his show staff. Was like your perfect fit, perfect, perfect, perfect for what we want to do. And all he wanted to do was come on my podcasts. And I was like, what? And then as soon as that didn't happen, I never heard from him again. So you know, like, what are you going to do? Start beating people up? Like, no, you just. We play the game. Right. So where's KD going to go? Great segue. I feel like everybody's repeating everybody else, but there's no way. Here, I, I, I will say, whenever I've talked to league sources about how Golden State feels about KD in the past or what could possibly happen, supreme confidence. That confidence is gone mm. about him returning. So, yeah, I think like everybody else, he's in New York, but that Brooklyn's still a possibility, too. I think we've all... With, I think throughout this season, and at, at any point where you disagree, please nudge me back towards whatever it is that you think's the reality. I've I've operated under this presumption that Durant's going to be in New York. Kyrie, good luck, Magic Eight Ball. Who knows? It's what, have you read any of his Instagram posts? I, I I start and then I just I realize there's that, ghost shows on Discovery that are easier to follow. A lot of stuff, man. He's a he's, <laughs> he's this is you being so nice. <laughs> 
sometimes you can think you're really thoughtful, right? And maybe you trick yourself into thinking you're smarter than you are. Yeah, there's a lot of my 20s. How old is he again? 27. So there you go. I mean, we figure stuff out as we go. I have no idea where he's going. I, all year long, I've operated under the presumption Durant's going to go to the New York Knicks. Kawhi's going to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. And now people are like, you know, Kawhi might stay in Toronto on a one-and-one and this and that. I'm like, you really think that? Is that what you really think? The first time I saw that this past week. And that, that's that, what happened. Right, and it was this past week. The source on that somebody that's very close with Masai. So that made me look at it. I think David Thorpe was the first person that said it. Was. It was. Right, and... Thorpe, we've had on the show years ago. He's he's always been very close with Masai, so that made me go, oh, well, that, like that's not coming out of nowhere, okay? And it's never been worse for the disinformation. It's never been worse. Like I was talking to a GM after I had my Paul George disaster last year, where something I said in the podcast got aggregated into me reporting that he was absolutely leaving Oklahoma City. It's just flat out not what I said. But then it allowed Sam Presti to kind of like shoot me down. And then Presti was great because then we met up in Vegas and he like talked to me about the whole thing. I go, yeah. And um, another GM that I talked to said, this is, it's such a free for all now that the GMs don't even get mad at you guys. You guys do it to each other so much that it doesn't even, like, we just look and laugh. Like, you guys destroy each other with these different media outlets. It doesn't matter. Right. So, all right. So, if you go back to everything that you were saying, the Kawhi thing, I thought that was the first time where I thought about it, but I always feel like, we on the outside put too much weight day to day on what these guys are going to do. Like, oh, look, Toronto keeps going deeper. You know, Kawhi was supposed to leave because they didn't have enough help when they were down 2 0 against Milwaukee. That, that, on the list of things I don't love, it's the result from today dictates what happens in July, right? Well, you know, because they've made it this far, he might stay. Or because last night it was sort of late and they. Nobody could score, and they're just looking for him to bail him out and blah, blah, blah in game two. Well, you know, he's got to go. So, I don't, I think maybe the guy just wants to go to Los Angeles because he likes, he likes Malibu. You know, a lot of people do. Yeah, but he bought, he bought a place like north of San Diego, but that's the other thing. Like a lot of times in real estate, you go, oh, that's what he did. That guy bought that house there. I mean, sometimes when guys buy house, houses just in LA, like half the NFL's out there. You go up to West Hollywood, I can't believe it. Like, oh, yeah, like everybody's here. Everybody rents a house. They just want to be a part of the scene the whole time. So maybe he just wants to be part of the scene. He's not a scene he guy. He doesn't seem to like, but he's no. also never never looked. In a million years, if you were going to put money on the top 20, 30 players that were going to become disgruntled, he would have always been the worst odds. And and he basically withheld services yeah. from, from the most stable franchise yeah. in the game where he had been a finals MVP to say, no, I'm straight. Uh, that's... That's nuts, man. Um, what happened there? That was a long time ago. Anyway, I'm, I'm trying to go back to this, where are people going to go and this thing that hap- has happened, particularly with this league more than anything else, which is that what is going on at the moment is completely secondary to what might happen later. And I, what I don't get about that is that if you don't ever occupy the space right now and kind of enjoy it because you're always looking forward to the thing that's going to happen, then when the thing happens, then what? Right. In other words, you're all free agent. Like during during February, it's all this Lakers, Anthony Davis, this and that. Well, now it's probably not going to happen. I don't assume. And but we spent a lot of time talking about that, which kind of allows you to not pay attention to the fact that the Lakers are a heap, right? And who knows who, if anybody, they get in July. I guess what I'm saying is just like right now, if if we're if we can't talk about the finals and kind of enjoy what is. Because we're too worried about where somebody may go in July. I just, 
Then we get to July, and then it's what's the next thing? I guess it, then I guess it's okay, just social media me, until the fall. Yeah, but let me push back on this a little bit because okay, I think this please. is one of the disagreements that we used to have when we did the show. Like when the Lakers were terrible, but they had all those names, you get so annoyed that we would want to keep doing the Lakers topic. And I do think there's a point of saturation where like, okay, we overdid this a little bit. But as much as like, I have a different question about what this NBA player movement means. Mm-hmm. But in response to what you're saying, it's like we do all this stuff, and a bunch of the stuff doesn't happen. Are you acting like we were wrong then and devoting that much time to it? Because that's where I would disagree with you. I just – no, because we, we none of us know for certain what's going to happen. I'm simply saying the topic of what might happen is far, far more interesting and talked about than the topic of what actually is happening. And because in the moments, we're not great at processing what what is. Like – I, I went on, I had Stephen A on Sports Center after Milwaukee, who had the best record and the most blowouts in the NBA during the regular season, had just blown out Toronto. And I said, this looks like a wrap. And then it wasn't. And then it's like, ha ha. Well, you know what? I didn't hear from anybody at that point. You know, Van Pelt, Toronto's probably going to rip off four straight here. You should really maybe pump the brakes on that because Milwaukee hadn't had a three game losing streak all year. My point is that in that moment, it, I didn't feel like a fool for feeling like the two more wins were coming. They didn't get, they got no more wins, but right then, that's what it felt like was happening. So, but that's all you can do, though. That's all. Like, I'll have moments though, like whenever I was doing the stuff with Bill, like after every single game, like Boston has this game plan going up against the Milwaukee Bucks is executed perfect. Uh, perf- why can I not talk today? To you perfection, know? to perfection, perfectly. Either of those would have worked. Take a take a gummy, bro, yeah. and it's just all <laughs> super lucid. Game uh, slows down, <laughs> and and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this isn't going to happen, is it? And because I was Mr. Doubt Boston all year long, I go, I watch more of these games probably than any other team except for maybe Golden State. And then Houston seemed to be on all the time. So unfortunately, I had to watch them all year long. Kawhi looked real bad. I mean, I mean excuse me, uh, Giannis, uh, Giannis looked really bad in game one. Yeah. Like, so spooked. you're going, all right, this game plan's working out perfect. And, yep. and they're, and I go, no way. I go, I'm not falling for this. I'm not falling for that. They figured it out in, in Boston. Boston kept wanting, to turn on some switch they'd never turned on collectively before. Because like, they didn't have it. Right. They're the most arrogant, delusional basketball team. They came out with a hype video being like, we still don't see anybody beating at seven. We're like, what about in five? Uh, <laughs> so um, when whenever I think about like these turn, part of it's, and this is something else I've said, I, I'm repeating it, but for you, is that the top of the East was still so new. So we didn't really know what Milwaukee was other than really impressive. And this is another thing that I, I kind of can't wait to see how the next regular season, postseason goes into. I, I'm just of the belief that the regular season with different approaches and the way teams are shooting and some of the analytic influence that the regular season is going to look less like the playoffs than more so than we've ever seen. And I'm not sure I'm right about that yet. And it's not an anti-analytic thing. I just think we have some pretty good examples the past couple of years of like, oh, wait. Look at Toronto. They, right. they 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 got Kawhi, and I mean, I, I read some, uh, and this the, the, maybe you'll know which who Ghost Dad, Bingo. Thirty seven minutes in for the Ghost Dad reference. Um, twenty seven, whatever. Math's not good on CBD. Just your your, your word. It's thirty seven. Boom, and math. <laughs> like ancient. Egyptians. You handle the English. I'll handle the math. All right, perfect. The the point that Toronto made early on was to their team doctor, you become our most important person because load management. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that we yeah, and we want you to resign here. <laughs> yeah, we, well, but we're gonna finesse we're gonna finesse yeah, your minutes right. because we have we have an end game in mind. And look, it it, it snacks. It worked. Here they are. They're in the they're in the finals. Um, I, I'm not. I just to, just to go back to make this clear. 
where Durant goes is is it certainly an interesting topic. So is where Kawhi goes. So is where anybody goes. But I know you and I were in the same place with this because we talked about it on your podcast about just the Anthony Davis stuff. Like how far down the line do we go where you're just sick of it a year and a half out? And you're like, you know what? Not this summer, but next summer, I'm I'm good. I'm out of here. So fix this. I, I I don't know how the NBA deals with that part of it. This angst and 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 unhappiness about the current state of affairs when mostly it's it's pretty good and even if you're on a crap team it's that's always been a reality there's no escaping that no escaping the fact that some good players are going to be in bad situations and then there's other guys like a Bradley Beal that's just Washington they're not terrible but they're just kind of stuck on this treadmill pretty terrible pretty bad yeah. I'm not telling you they're good I'm just saying they're not the worst team in the NBA but they're what I'm getting at is good players don't always get to be in great spots sorry that's just yeah, the that's, way, that's the way actually, it goes. That's really well said because you know if you're sitting there and you're there's so much sympathy now for players in the media, which is actually a great sign. But sometimes when I see it, I go, hey, you know, sometimes these guys are wrong too. Okay, and as much as I can't wait to see what happens with all the little bit of the nuggets of information that I'll start getting later into June and trying to figure out what the hell is going to happen in July because it's going to be wild. It's going to be unprecedented. Okay, we're talking Durant, we're talking Kawhi. Anthony Davis possibly being traded, Jimmy Butler being up, Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. I mean, it just what's what's going to happen with LeBron? Like, who's he going to be able to bring in there? Is Chris Paul going to get moved? There's rumblings that he might be willing to get out of there, and, and or that Houston has put everybody on the block. Right, right. Which you know, Daryl's a very bold guy. So when you read that, it was you know, is this a, that much of a departure? Because I think he would always make any kind of trade. I mean, there's all sorts of names. I, I've left out names about all the different things that could happen this offseason. but. If you're a guy going, well, I got to get out of here because we don't have a chance to win. That's following the lead of the generation of the last decade with guys teaming up. But the math is that if ten, if the top ten players in the league are mad, or the top fifteen players are mad that they don't have a chance to win, and they're only going to go to a situation where they have, I'm going to tell you by the end of the year, thirteen of you guys are still going to be bummed out. It's just, it's just math. People can talk about parity and trying to fix these things. It's five on five. That's all it is. We all know the history of this. Number one picks, these are the guys that end up winning these titles. Kawhi's uh, an exception. Giannis has been an exception. But I wonder, as much as it's a ton of content, it helps us, the excitement, you can do, I always find it, like it's not insightful to go to the NBA schedule. They love it because it extends the talking points. Yeah, okay, fine. We all get that. We're all saying the same thing over and over again. But is it being an old man, which I fear Me too. when I do these these topics every now and then, Me where too. you go, hey, you know what? Sometimes a player's wrong. Sometimes a player's wrong, whether whatever it is that motivates him, the decision to want to get out. Um, I'm, not, I'm never down on a, on a guy's priorities for money versus winning a championship. But if I were Adam Silver, the trending of where this The world got mad at LeBron because he left in free agency. Think how stupid the overreaction feels to that now. Yeah, hold on, let me get my lighter out and burn my jersey. Right. Yeah, that's that's preferable to a year and a half out just deciding I got to get out of New Orleans because the front office has been a really mess. or because I know you know my agency wants me to get out. Like, imagine trashing your own season. That's what happened. Imagine going. And, and you, by the way, look, Anthony Davis wasn't going to win MVP. Go and look at his numbers the first two months of the season. It was stupid. He he was a guy that left. He finished the playoffs last year with that sweep against Portland. Where we go, is he the best player in the world? Yeah, let's do a, you want to do a list? How about lists? Want to do how many small forwards? How many lists are we going to do? Probably not a lot. <laughs> no, because you 
Not good. You at, took a lot of heat not, for the small forward leaving Durant off. Not good at lists. And look at your face when you go, he's a power forward. And we go, yeah. Ibaka. Yeah. You're like, he's a center. You're like, Perkins and Adams. Yeah. And you went, oh. Bum, 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 bum. We didn't tell you. We didn't, we knew your list was bad because we had to hand it into ESPN News Graphics. Yeah, Stanford Steve was he was ready. By the way, he's a TV star now. Yeah, what's going on with that? How did it work? Um, he he went tout with Felica and gave out like seventy percent winners. Which, by the way, Van Pelt sixty percent threshold that I talked about for years. The guy was like seventy percent winners, and so they're like, "Hey, we're going to do this TV show about gambling. So let's just put Stanford Steve on it." So he's done it. But at some point, you know how this goes. You sort of do it because you're just trying to be the good guy, and then. You know, they realize, oh, people like you, so we'll just put you on every day. So, you know, we got to make sure that, we got to show that my man, make sure my man's paper's right. You know what I mean? So he's doing like real grown up talent stuff now. Oh, I mean, obviously I watch all the time. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, he, yes, yes. Puts is on he, a sport jacket, a T, is that just look, t shirt, sport jacket. One of the 75 pairs of sneakers he's managed to acquire through the years. Um, and trot, <laughs> trots himself out to the set and gives out picks. He's a TV star. When he gets sent stuff now, do you get any of it? No, I don't even bother with it. I mean, every now and then he'll come in with a, uh, like a medium orange, like, Hey, this is the, this is the UNC orange color they went with. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, every now and then stuff will show up. I just, you know, I, it's all fine. It's fine. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, now it's his. Now it's officially his because he's on TV. Without question. And, and he, right. by the way, and he should say as much. Hey, you want a big giant billboard for, for your gear? Right. Send me a t-shirt. Boom. There it is. I'm on, I'm on the set and, uh, I'm a TV star. And that's what Steve is. We'll get back to that conversation in a second, but mother nature's turning up the heat, but that's nothing compared to the heat you feel when you have a daily fantasy lineup on the line and you can practically taste victory. Be sure to check out DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports all summer long they've got fantasy contests every day with huge cash prizes up for grabs every day you can do it so if you have an awful monday guess what you can do on tuesday set an entirely new lineup monday doesn't even exist in daily fantasy you just move you turn the page you wish the rest of your life could be that simple go to draftkings.com or download the app now. Use code SVP and enter a contest for free with your first deposit. That's code SVP to compete for thousands of dollars in prizes today. Only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What would you do right now if you were fired? Whew. Uh, probably try to hey, try, we, try we, to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> try to figure out who I could team up with for a podcast. You probably wouldn't be it because you you know you're still doing this. So imagine Mark, if I had to tell you you're too hot right now. Yeah, I can't put my name on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I've we've covered my past sort of inability in the sales professions. Uh, I would not be good at selling stuff. Maybe I'd sit down. Maybe I'd take a page from the Rosillo book and try to sit down and pen a memoir of some sort. You were more of an actor. You're more in front of the camera. True. True. I got the chops yeah. there. Um, maybe, maybe some light. I mean, depends on what I'd done. You know what I mean? I mean, if they no, just No, I'm decided, saying it's something, it's not, it's not terrible. I would say. I'm not toxic. No, it was like you just, hey, we've kept track. Expense we re- reports. No, we just realized that that whole snack kiosk. Yeah. You went, you went Mac Brown on it and you didn't pay for crackers for a year. That was Polian, I thought. No one's quite sure. The story, the, the fish story goes. Napoleon went. To, we have these kiosks here where you could just go and get a soda and get some pop tart, and then you just ring it up on it's the automated, thing. yeah, and you, and you pay. But then he didn't know, so he just went in there. And was like, oh, this is nice. 
went and got treats for you know a couple years as you do, and then they're like, "Hey, you owe us like nineteen thousand dollars." I don't think they had a bill for him. Can you imagine if that like we did a rough estimate? We figure it's somewhere in the low five figures. So if you could just you know get us a check for that, that'd be awesome. Hey, your last expense report, we're actually expensing you. <laughs> Um, this, so yeah, fired, but it was only for snacks. Yeah, I'd be doing it. I'd go podcast. I don't know with who. You'd move though. What, what, back safer, home? Na- safer neighborhood. Back home. Whoa. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a, I don't even know how to address that one. No, there's nothing to address. That's just an inside joke, but it ain't a joke. It's, it's not, no, it's, it's not no good. No. It is no good. I had ideas here for different things we could do. Yeah. Let me, um, do you want to just, how about you pitch me? You know, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what I do? You know what I do if I got right? So I, I just, I, yeah. Cause I had a note of what I'm going to do. Cause you asked me earlier, like what's going to happen with the golf thing while I segue you, into golf? I used to be jealous of your exit strategy yep. because this, this broadcasting thing never ends well. Cause no one wants to leave it. No, cause it's, it's, relatively light lifting right. for a decent check most of the most of the guys yep. you just like oh and then you know i remember when we used to have those radio conventions on campus and i'd see some of the local shows show up yeah and i went i better get these scripts going so um <laughs> yeah. you used to always talk about doing like senior golf calling Jake. senior golf yeah man um i loved it yeah. I, I think it's still in play obviously if you well want to. i mean we got the pga and maybe in the future maybe we get a few more golf events so so golf's in the is in the US, mix. you guys used to have the u.s open it's been a lot more fun now yeah they had the u.s open had the open and then then that went to fox and then the, the golf channel and nbc got the open and so now we're back in the pga business next year as in pga championship but but what, what would i do if i got run merch dude just slap the logo on hats I tweeted that out because Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse has his own hat. Lowercase ends. All respect. Yeah. How's he the first guy with his own hat? Like of all, like is honest, he the first? Hat, do you ever see like Phil Jackson used to have the like Roman numerals for how many championships he had? Well, that's that kind of that's but that's, that's not a lowercase n n. No, that's not an odd flex either. That's like this is the number that represents the number right. of rings I have, not lowercase ends, which is a cool logo. I'll grant you. Not as cool as the headphones. By the way, shout out to Rude Jude. I'm wearing the headphones you sent me. Um, so I tweeted out that Nick's nurse with a hat was kind of good for him. But how about I sell this? And people, people gave me an idea that maybe I should do that. So if, if I got run, I just start, I'd sell stuff out of my trunk at like stop and shop. Hey, who, who needs some bumper stickers? <laughs> who needs low, kid shirts? Boom. Every hey. time I see Nick nurse at a post game presser, I want to just take a screen grab of it and then caption and be like, can we wrap this up? I have a gig of the Troubadour in 20 minutes. But his answer last night about what happened with the end of the game, like why was uh, Iguodala wide open? Oh, my God. That was a free-for-all. They, it's no one's fault. Kawhi was an inch away from a steal, and it would have right. been a dunk or he would have gone to the free-throw line, and he didn't miss one. And it's Curry because Clay's out, so I'm not letting you get this shot off, so I'm going to double you. Right. And I'll live with Andre Iguodala shooting that shot 100 times out of 100, and Nurse said as much. I mean, yeah, and you could argue that I mean, Iguodala shouldn't early even, in the shot yeah, clock. I mean, it was. I went back and looked at it. It was maybe seven and five was the split on when it was taken. You weren't going to get a better look than that anyway. I mean, the guy was no. the guy was and, naked and for all the times that we've been mad watching basketball teams take awful shots uh-huh. just to run more clock versus him being wide open. So I that thing was weird. I thought when Curry said too, it was disrespectful. Yeah. Like, dude, it was a broken play. It was a free for all. Like, what are you talking? I, you Steph must have been still dehydrated when he <laughs> made that answer because it didn't make any sense. I agree because th- there was nothing disrespectful about l- doubling you and going for a steal, which they nearly got and could have erased in you know double digit deficit there late. Uh, what um, what else do you have on your list? 
Um, <laughs> it's I wrote down history buff. You told me you've been reading history. Yes, big history buff. And you sent me a text that said, you're so bored. And I said, yeah, bored of not knowing. That's a great answer right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now you know all about a 1,000 pages of Grant. Ulysses S. Grant, unconditional surrender, Grant. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, ben- uh, Benedict Arnold. So I just finished up that chapter. In do the, we, do, do, all right, can you give me the Cliff's notes on him? Yeah, no, no doubt. On no doubt, Benny? no doubt. Uh, fierce warrior, you know, obviously on the Revolutionary side, sure. Continental Army. Uh-huh. Um, kept getting past He actually, like, plotted for a different plan of attack and then was passed over. So he's one of those guys who's kind of upset about not getting enough promotions. Grudge holder. Yeah, grudge holder. Two so guys like, right yeah. here that know like, about that. I was like, this Benedict Arnold's not so bad. And then I started reading more about him, and I'm like, okay, so let me get this straight. So Washington sets him up at West Point, and at that point, Benedict Arnold had remarried, and it was apparently a smoke show, 1780 style, and she had had some connections with British sailors, uh, sailors, British armor, armament, whatever. She was a whore. Well, I don't know. I don't know the the parlance of the of those days, but tart. (laughs) (laughs) So. She used to she used to know those guys, and Benedict Arnold was was mad. He'd gotten injured in a previous battle, so he had a limp. So he felt like he'd served his country, served his country well, had been injured, was always going to have a limp the rest of his life. And he was stuck at West Point, and he wanted a better title. He wanted he wanted his own show. Yeah, I mean, he was just he was upset about the whole thing. He was like, oh, "We're on ESPN two. I want to be on the main channel." So I don't uh, want one hour in Chicago. Give me the whole thing. Give me right. the clearance for the whole three. So anyway, <laughs> he's like sending letters. To the British about like, yeah, here's how you can maybe kidnap George Washington. Here's what we're doing. And George Washington's sending letters to Benedict Arnold being like, I need you to reinforce West Point. I need you to load up. I need you to do all these things. And like Benedict Arnold's like, dude, I got it. Don't worry about it, George. G-Dub, stop calling or mailing. <laughs> like, I've got it. And then George Washington shows up and nothing's being done. And Benedict Arnold's actually moving arms from the place. So then this out the let, back, out the back of like West Point. And George Washington's like, I don't even know what to do. But George Washington wouldn't really get mad at that many people. Alexander Hamilton maybe once, but different. That'll be a different historical update. I was going to say. So anyway, Benedict Arnold's like, dude, all right. So he's, he's moving arms out the back. He's lined up with the British. Washington shows up at West Point. He's like, this is a joke. And somebody gets to Washington. Like, look, we've, we've, uh, intercepted these letters. Benedict Arnold's a traitor. Benedict Arnold bounces, sneaks out. And then his his tart is upstairs, who puts on this like magnificent show with like a low cut shirt on. As Washington, these other people are there. She's like, "Oh, he left me. He left me. He left me." She was totally in on it. And then Benedict Arnold's like, "Okay, yep, jigs up. You got me, but I'm on a ship here with the British side." And they're like, "You're a traitor." And then they hung his buddy that he was mailing letters to. And then Benedict Arnold actually still was like, "Is there any way you guys can forward me my clothes and wares?" <laughs> I just need my stuff. I, I don't need the and security. Leading, I don't need the security deposit, but I gotta get my couch. Right, and then he was leading like infantry against the uh, Continental Army. So there you go. That's the backstory of Benedict Arnold. All right, good, good talk. There. He ended up dying. He, oh. he came to Canada to start like a store. Uh-huh. And they were like, "No way, dude, you suck." And then he went back to London. What kind of store? Like a Tim Hortons, where Hat. you could get like a breakfast thing or what? Hats and scarves. What about sweats and balls? That was before that. That was sweats and balls. Never, never took off. I have, I have another idea. Um, people want mailbags, so just done. Mailbags set, coming back for sure. So we just got to set up the thing. What's the thing? An just, email address. Just send us a lot questions. of people have them. 
Our guy Party Brad out there that used to be one of the main contributors. He's he was got like, awesome. And he's got like a big time gig with TNT's. He's uh, the guy. For, for inside the NBA. Yeah, I didn't know that. They're I, winning Emmys, man. Yeah. Good for Our listeners are out there doing big time stuff. I love that. Elon Musk was one early. Yeah, he was Obviously like, well, the like, stock is down. Yeah, but. like save that stuff with a car, dude. Just he, you know, he likes weed also, but not the, not the gummies. He's no, just, you're, you're not about partying. You're just no, about I just joints. Wanna, yeah, my, <laughs> it's about joint pain. I have this written down. I have Chicago Hour. I think we should, every because Chicago Hour still bothers you. Yeah. Well, again, grudge holding. It's we, people. We've told this story. We used to be on there, and we got blamed for stuff. So I think in every podcast that we should do one Chicago Hour because oh, oh no, yeah, no, we for, should do for, one for, for yeah. the Chicago Hour. For I the just Chicago want, Hour. We should do one Chicago segment because they begged us to do it all the time. It yeah. didn't matter. I just want everybody to know that Lucas Giolito's ERA last year was <laughs> over six, and that guy is spinning it this year, man. I had another really good outing. Uh, his last outing ERA is in like the mid twos. <laughs> So uh, that's for, so, the, that's for those for the, who don't know. That's for the is, Chicago Hour. This is so funny. Like, hey, is there any way we can get we can get John Lucas the third on at two fifteen so I can play in the Chicago Hour? Yeah, that was because that was our like, ratings. I don't know. Our nope. ratings were down, and we were it was we were the reason why the entire station was not meeting its budget. So they 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 eighty sixed us. So that's uh, that's your Chicago Hour content on Giolito. Really, really spinning it this year. Good stuff. Thanks, man. So that was an hour. Was it? Yeah. And we can't go longer than the hour because we actually don't even have a producer for this right now. Oh, just, because if we do, is it even off. is this even being recorded? Imagine if they actually didn't give us a podcast. They just said just put them in a room and turn on the lights and let them pretend. And it'd be fine with me, just because this is this has served its purpose. I think we um, did we we never said who was going to win the finals. That's fine. We don't want to date it. Um, no, because I feel like if we're only going to have one of these once a month until we figure out what we're doing, can't be that topical. Yeah, do you really want to hear us? I I think this is no, the kind of podcast, at least early on. Now, if everything works out, we'll change the approach to it. But sure. we had to catch up ourselves, man. Agreed. And um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it was probably a success. Bagpipes probably coming. At some I'm point. amazed how much people like some of the segments that I think we do that are terrible. So I think people what, will be okay what, with this one. What was the most shocking thing that you, people you wanted people wanted us to do more of? We got to bring back the Duke raps. We have a vault for that. For sure. I want to play an entire. You know what we should do is you should play Who's the Jerk and have Steve with us, and then we react to it, almost like Director's Cut DVD, Who's the Jerk. Like the like the, the vault, but then we just listened to it back where I screamed right. at Ray and you accused him of littering. He said yeah. he only did that when he dipped. Was he upset about the littering thing? No, I mean, I, I, I don't it, think he loved it, and I felt bad. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, that's 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 it's stuck with him. It's a scarlet letter kind of a deal. Um, but you know, <laughs> we all have our stuff. I'll shake it off. Anyway, uh, I, anyway, here's the deal. SVP and Rasilla podcast, rate, review, subscribe. What's that mean? Because I want to be use the language right. Rate, review, subscribe. What does that mean? So does that make us be fake number one? No, we're going to be realer number one than others have been. Okay, but there's there's basically like two pods that kind of go back and forth between being number one. Okay, well, and that, we should be on that list. I'm good at lists. There you go. All right, so that's that's it. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll come back. Maybe I'll come back for another one, but I am on fumes today. Awesome of you to come back there just for this. I love connecting. I'm going to check on my properties out here. As you should. Make sure people give them the what for. If they get that, there's stains in the carpet, man. Let them know. That's not going to work. All right. This is awesome. Everybody, I hope you enjoy it. Let us know on Twitter. Um, Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guess who's back? Wait a minute. What the f*** is this music? Dude, 
Do you not read? Do you not keep up with the industry papers? I know. What's the problem? You can't play songs on a podcast that you could play in a traditional sense. So, like, we got to either come up with a jam band or whatever. My brother's got bagpipes. Done. Wait, we buried the lead. We've got a f- podcast. How many words is podcast? Is it one or two? I'm not a tech guy. I got kind of bored, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you wake up in the morning, you go, hey, how about some online porn and some Scott trade? But then you got to have like more than three dollars to do, you know, trades and oh, porn. <laughs> well, that's that's not free either. Um, but here we are. We're back. What's hotter than hot? OK, sizzling hot. Yeah. I mean, that city is like lava mixed with Goldschlager. Pats win another Super Bowl, duh. Yeah, whatever. Red Sox, boring, obviously. And now we're, you know, cue the duck boats. We got another parade lined up. Honestly, huh. we're a Kyrie away from a Boston slam. That nut job. He sort of proposed, if you'll have me, and then he said he doesn't know us, which, yeah, you know. That I, sounds like every bachelor party I've been to. Beat with the down. strippers, you know. 